You're listening to The Sideline Story, the past, present and future of Rugby League, their journey, their sideline story. Episode 50 of the Sideline Story Rugby League Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Tassoni, and joined with me solely on the panel today is my boy, Nicholas Guild. How are you, my friend? Oh, oh yeah, I'm good. I normally wait for Clarkie to, to get involved, but I forgot he wasn't here. I just told you he wasn't here. It's a bit of sweet, isn't it? I was waiting for that high-pitched voice of his to come in, and it just didn't. So, yeah, he's always he's good, good, isn't he? He's never he never changes it up. He's just always good when he comes on the podcast. Yeah, just goes that, good, good, yeah, good, good, mate. How are you? <laughs> um, I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic, that's Daniel. That's good, Nick. I as well am fantastic. If you were wondering, you you might not have good. been wondering, but I'll tell you anyway. I want you to be good. Oh, that's good, Nick. Mate, bittersweet, missing our boy Clarky during a, our half-century episode. So, as a result, last week we announced some exciting stuff to commemorate this special occasion, but because our boy Ryan Keith Clark is not here, we've decided, fans and followers and listeners, that we will be postponing our half-century events, which we announced last week. So... We'll push that to episode 51, but for those that are unaware, what you can look forward to and what I am talking about is this. Our first Akasha Cross Cylon Story beer pack is up for grabs. The competition details will be posted this week on Instagram and Facebook and something very exciting for our listeners to look forward to as well. For episode 51, our bunker review will be talk back radio but in reverse so what that means is we will finally have some of our listeners come onto the show to have their voices heard as they've been requesting for a year and a half now the finer details will be posted again on instagram and facebook but essentially how this will work is you guys register interest through our dms so our private messenger and leave your contact details and then we'll pick a period one day in the week again those details will come out uh, where we will call all those people that are interested and have our reverse talkback radio segment. And what we'll do is we'll ask everyone to ask us a question and we'll answer it. So a bit of Q&A with the, the Sideline Story panel. Nick, how's that sound? Sounds good. Lovely, 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 lovely. But yes, everyone stay tuned to our socials for those finer details. They will come out this week. But guilty. A big half century episode for us today without our boy Ryan Keith Clark. Wherever you are, Ryan, we miss you. <laughs> we miss you, mate. Love you, Ryan. Um, <clears throat> kicking off proceedings, Nick, will be our round eight NRL recap, as well as our MVP 3-2-1s for each match, which are presented by our beer sponsor, Akasha. After the NRL, we will check in around the grounds for all our non-NRL-related rugby league coverage. This week, we will look at round 11 of the Super League, the French Elite One Elimination Finals completed over the weekend, 
and some massive signing news in the UK's championship division. Uh, Blake Ferguson, everyone. Wink, wink. Uh, the back end of the show is our fan favorite bunker review segment presented by our second beer sponsor, Rusty Penny Brewing Company, where this week we discuss the NRL grand final going to tender, the last ever representative weekend, and a see no evil versus hear no evil would you rather question. Ooh la la. Lots of beer, eh, Nick? Akasha, Rusty Penny, getting hammered. Delicious. Delicious. It is delicious, but we're getting hammered on this podcast, I'll tell you that. But anyway, Nick, let's get yes. straight into it. Let's do it. The NRL round eight recap, the NRL round eight recap. It sounded wrong, but it actually came out right. Uh, you got four tips. You actually got the most out of us this week because Clarky and I got bad. three. It was bad. Uh, but you know what, Nick? It's actually good. And you want to know why? Who did I pick? Did I, did I pick? You guys didn't pick. I don't know. I didn't actually review it, but I I picked. Um, I, I I had that week where I stuffed up. You guys got six and I got three because I went for the Smokies, and now you I'm did. I'm playing um I'm gotcha. playing safe. I'm playing safe, but I I was gonna pick the Bulldogs. Didn't do it. You know, I didn't pick the Warriors because I'm like, ah, oh, you know, the Raiders surely can't lose five in a row or four in a row, whatever it is, and um. I picked the Tigers because I'm like, oh, you know, they've they've hit their straps. Man, I've stuffed up this week again. Come on. Come on. Anyway, the only good thing out of this, Nick, we had a chat about it yesterday, is the competition has become unpredictable again. It wasn't like last year. It's nothing like last year where we were getting six to eight tips right every week because the top teams were established very early because of the, the touch football rule they had with where you, six agains instead of penalties. And it makes the football better. And it makes tipping harder, which is good. I like that. All about even, the great... Even the, even the teams that would normally get bashed, like the Tigers, that was 12-6. It was a good game. Yeah, it was. You know, then you got a lot of upsets this week. Like, you know, the Warriors bounce back. The Bulldogs beat the Roosters. Uh, the Broncos beat the Sharks. So it's looking good. It's looking good. So for the greatness of the game, for the betterment of the game, I'll get all my tips wrong, everyone. Even though the I am Cowboys the reigning champion. The Eels. Yeah, that's right. Cowboys hammer the Eels. They did. I'll let you have your take on that. That's all you, my friend. But yeah, I'm about to lose my crown, my tipping crown. But anyway, Nick, game one, the Brisbane Broncos defeat the Cronulla Sharks 16 points to seven. Very strange scoreline here. But it was a frustrating night for the Sharks as the Broncos turned it up in attack and defense in the second half. Guilty, I reckon the Sharks, he looked very disjointed. Nothing clicked for him. They just looked a bit cooked. I don't know if, you know, the, the, the previous games leading into this, they were just overdone. I don't know what it was, but what's your take, my friend? Yeah, maybe something along those lines. Um, started off. Well, in the first half, that that grubber kick that by Moylan that curved back into him, that was fantastic. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, everyone was watching the uh, Talakai Stags battle. Um, I don't think the Sharks were as damaging, obviously, on the left-hand side because, you know, whether Katoni's better than Talakai, that's, that's another story, but at least the Broncos went in with a plan and the plan was to stop him and go and, and hit him with three or four blokes every time. And he didn't really get going until he pushed more closer to the middle of the field. So, you know, maybe, maybe the sharks need to have a, 
an ulterior plan when things aren't going well on the Talakai side. Well, mate, you're right. Like you hit the nail on the head where you said the Broncos looked like they had a plan, which they did. And if they did, they executed it very well because they did shut down that left side of Talakai and Mulatalo. Everyone was talking them up. And look, they are playing well. Don't get me wrong, but the Broncos made them look containable. And do you, is it a no-brainer that Stags won that battle between Talakai? Is that a no-brainer? Mate, for me, definitely, it, it was definitely just like, um, even when uh, towards the end of the game, Talakai made a run towards, you know, the the, the Brisbane try line and he fended uh, Katoni off, but Katoni came back. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And it just seemed like Talakai wasn't doing that with Katoni. Hmm. My initial uh, take on the game was that the Sharks weren't really feeding the left side like of Talakai and Militalo the ball. But after reviewing the game, they tried their hardest to feed them the ball and they just, they were just slower. They weren't really forming shape there. And yeah, Staggs is just up for it. And I think when he's challenged, he's a big game player, Katoni Staggs. Yeah. And what I'm getting at there is, and we'll get into it in our bunker review Instagram fan poll results towards the back end of this episode, but it's telling that he is a big game player, which bodes well for him come origin selection time because Latrell Mitchell is not going to get picked. It's been established. He's not coming back early. See so spots free. And mate, if you step up in the big games, origin is probably the biggest game next to, you know, the World Cup for me, <laughs> but Origin is Origin is a massive game, gigantic game, the most viewed show or spectacle or event every year in Australia, hands down. It beats every, it trumps every other event. The NRL Grand Final, the AFL Grand Final, Origin's the biggest. And mate, if you got Tony Staggs as that guy, well, I think he's going to get picked, Nick. After that game, mate. Uh, look, I think uh, my thoughts last week were: I, I, he's my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys uh, still had him high, either either second or third. Yep. But you guys sort of thought Campbell Graham deserves it. Yep. Mate, Campbell Graham had a gun of a game too. It's he did. just that I just think you just he's a little more explosive. Katoni Stags, he's mm-hmm. got fast twitch fibers. Campbell Graham's. If you want to go safe, go Campbell Graham. If you want to go explosive, go Katoni Staggs. Yeah. Mate, look, they they both, for our Akasha MVP 321s, just to ruin that, um, you know, ruin it for, for everyone, uh, they both win our man of the match, Katoni Staggs and Campbell Graham. So, um, yeah, defensively, I think Campbell Graham's better. And that's why I'd be picking him because I'm – big on defense, but yeah, stags and attack is much more explosive. Like you said, I agree with you. Yeah. Nick, anything else in this game that stood out for you? Yeah. Um, I reckon Tamarie Martin's playing well. Yeah, mate. It's, it's great that he, like he's two from, he's two from two. He's come, he came back last week against the Bulldogs and mate, it's, um, it's, it's fantastic that he's come back because, you know, he, he was supposed to be retired and 
you know, it was a very serious uh, issue that uh, occurred for him brain at the start bleed. of the 2020 season. Yeah, a brain bleed. He was retired before the 2020 season commenced. Uh, so it's great. And, you know, everyone thought, you know, Tessie knew he's out. They're going to be stuffed here. Uh, but something bad that happened for, for the Broncos, they did lose Payne Haas. The bloke still, you know, played on uh, with injury, but he's out for the next week or two, they reckon, as a result. So. Mate, the, the Broncos have got a few props, though, at least. You know, like that Corey Payne. Is it, sorry, is it Corey? Corey Payne. From the, the Corey Payne, yeah. He's uh he's come on and he's been starting and then you've got mate I like Flegler a lot of people don't like him but I like Flegler mm. and mm. then you've got that other fellow that's been he he's been starting the first seven or eight games seven games um hey Keenan, is it Keenan oh Pitt no 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 he's injured Keenan Palisaya Palisaya sorry sorry Palisaya yeah Palisaya and he's he goes good too so look of course they're gonna lose they they're gonna miss. Payne Haas, who's possibly the form competition, probably the best competition style prop in the in the game, as in yeah. week to week. Yeah. Um, but uh, th- those three guys, they can step up, you know. So yeah, so 100%. We'll, we'll see what happens with regards to them. Well, mate, we'll move it on. But hopefully, the for the Sharks, they don't hit this trail of you know early dip in form like some clubs have. Hopefully this doesn't start for him because that was a bad game from the Sharks. Nico Hines had his worst game in their colours to date. I, uh, I think he's had his worst game ever. That was his worst game I've yeah, seen. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's that's probably better. It's probably a better thing to say, unfortunately, for our boy Nico because he is a great player. But that was, um, yeah, a bad one from him. So that's why you can't jump the gun, guys. Can't jump the gun about buys of the year. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But anyway, Nick. The Akasha MVP 3-2-1s. Okay. Uh, Stags 3, we already spoke about him. Kurt Capewell made uh, two big plays in the game. He made that uh, He made that break. He did do an interesting chip and chase, but, mm. you know, and then he uh, scored a good try later on. Yep. And uh, number one, Adam Reynolds, he's just he's just the director. He's, he's playing well again. He's playing like he did at South. Yeah. And they're a younger team. They're not as polished as South were last year, but, you know, they, 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 he's got a couple of years to work with them. And, you know, if they keep playing like that, they're going to be in close games most of the time. doesn't matter who they play against. The other player yeah. that I thought need, needs one little mention again, and he, he always just doesn't get points, is Corey Oates. I knew you were going to say He's having that. a great year. He is, yeah. mate. Mate, you've got to give him credit. He's playing great. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Mate, I was... I was pushing for him to get points this week, but they just had one of those games where a few people stood out that little bit better. And he's just unlucky, yeah. like you said. So yeah. anyway, Nick game two, the Penrith Panthers defeat the Gold Coast Titans 18 to four. Mate, I thought this was a bludger of a match. Uh, it was full of errors, but again, Panthers experience came out towards the back end of the game. Uh, they scored 18 unanswered points in the second half to keep their undefeated streak alive in 2022. Uh, the Titans, Nick, I'll start with them. They could have, but did not capitalize on a very off night for the reigning premiers. And as a result, it extends their losing streak to four in a row. But overall, this game was bad and the Titans just keep doing what they're doing. They keep, Except for last week where they got slaughtered from uh, by the Cowboys. 
they keep playing to the tone of the t- of their opposition. And the Panthers played bad, and the Titans were like, "Oh, okay. Well, we we also have to play bad." Mate, they're a weird, funny one because they're weird. Like you said, the pa- the Panthers played badly, but um, but but played well enough to beat the Titans. But mm. if you watch the game, I really couldn't tell you. Like, like even though we picked three two ones, like no one, none of them really stood out as having great games. No. Some of them did a few individual things okay, but then. Not not a, not a three point game like what we normally give. Like no one dominated. That's um, it. Keeps I, I know I've said it a thousand times, but that's why this system's weird. This three two one system because the Broncos had, you know, at least five players that we could have picked, and then this one was like, oh, three goes to this guy because I guess he did this, but he didn't. He, no one was an eighty minute player. No one. No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, look, I think there was one, or maybe he didn't play eighty minutes, but. However many minutes he played, he was on the whole game, and that was that was Tino. Yeah, no, he was. No, you know what? You're right, and he does it every week. He's very consistent. Yep. Uh, I think he's taken his captaincy role on uh, with, you know, taking that opportunity with both hands, and it helps his game. But it's funny that the, the Titans they've got a good side, and they play in they play in. Um, Patches, they're they're like they're those bottom sides this year so far are patchy, but the Titans are really patchy and they just have like this period where they just turn off or switch off, sorry. And in this game, they couldn't string three passes together, which was you know made it an abysmal Mate, they, they, spectacle. They get up into the uh, they get into the Titans, they get into the Panthers half, and, and they've been an attacking. They've been an attacking set and they just um they just didn't have anything in attack they don't they don't they didn't really bring any you know any plays like you know the sharks have got these these plays and melbourne have these plays that they practice and practice and practice and they look smick you know mm. the, the 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 titans sort of just push it one way and then push it the other way and see what you know see what happens there's no play no, they're you know just, what I mean? yeah they're just very one-dimensional the when it's not working and yeah, yeah. Mate, I just think it's just the halves are young. They're learning. I mean, I thought Brimson played well at fullback. Probably, I'd probably keep him there, to be honest, right now. Mm-hmm. It was good to I mean, see Will Corey Smith. Thompson back. Will Smith. Who was that? It's good to see Corey Thompson come back. I lo- I've yeah, always loved like how he plays. Solid. Yeah. Mate, Will Smith played well at 5'8". He tracked down. Who did he track down for that try saver? Uh, um, bloody hell. Was it Marzu? Maybe, maybe it was Marzu. No, I don't remember. I'm actually, I don't remember. But yeah, look, they, they are they are inexperienced, the the Titans, and that's probably what's coming down to, particularly in the halves. But um, Dave Fafita, he was injected off the bench in the 25th minute, and they try to use him as an impact player. Now I don't know. I've said this before in one of the episodes prior. They're not using him properly, I don't think. In saying that, he's not really getting involved in the game as much as he should. It's it's a bit of a double-edged sword for him because he's on $1.2 million. Um, but now he's out for the next month. He's strained his MCL. So they're going to have to monitor him for the next four weeks. So that's another big loss for the Titans. I don't, I don't think the Titans were playing bad enough. Like, yeah, they, they've lost a couple in a row, but it's not... I'm not, I'm not running around blaming David Fafita. I, 
Like, no, it's not his fault. Got to put, at training, they've got to put him in position where he's going to be get the ball, and 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 then they've got to bring that onto the game, and and they don't seem to do that. So you can't blame David Feeder. He's a runner. Mm-hmm. He's not the one passing the ball to himself. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, Panthers roll on, guilty. So we'll move it on. Um, actually, before I move it on, the Panthers for our fun fact Sundays. Uh, the first team in the NRL to ever go back-to-back seasons with an 8-0 win streak to start the season. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So they've won the first eight games two years in a row. Pretty fucking impressive. But anyway, Nick, the Akasha MVP 3-2-1s for the Panthers-Titans game. 3-2-1s. We gave Tino 3, even in a losing side. He was the best player on the field. Then we had Cleary at 2. And uh, kick out at one. Cleary's, Cleary's getting better every week since he's come back. And uh, kick out is just super damaging on the left. But you know what? Like people, he runs onto the ball and they set him up well. I just don't know why the Titans don't do the same thing with Fafita. Yeah, 100%. Mate, um, game three, the South Sydney Rabbitohs defeat the Manly Seagulls 40 points to 22. In front of a sold-out Central Coast Stadium, Looked very good, by the way. Sold out stadium in Central Coast. A 12-man manly team for 70 minutes of the match fought to the end to keep a respectable scoreline against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. If I was a manly fan, Nick, I would not be upset with this scoreline. I'll tell you that now. Mate, they uh, they played well. They played well for a team with 12 players for 70-odd minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, mate. They were um, good. They, you know what? They actually scored twice after they got the send-off. They opened the scoring. Yeah. We, we've had a few discussions about the the tackle that you've got to bring up. Oh, mate, that's um, the, big, the biggest talking point. With um, So if anyone's living under a rock or didn't see the replays, uh, in the ninth minute of this match, Carl Lawton was sent off for his, I'll describe it as a flip drive tackle on Cameron Murray. We conducted poll results after it happened. So this was like, you know, immediate reaction to the, to the tackle. We've put a poll up if the send-off was warranted or too harsh. And 62% of our followers said that it, he deserved to be sent off. Mate, it's 100%. <laughs> he deserves to be sent off. That's, that's the bottom line. I don't, if anyone argues it, they're actually either just biased or blind. That's what I'm going to say. Mate, I don't think Carl Lawton's a dirty player. I just think that it's just a situational that happened. But unfortunately for Carl Lawton, you just can't do it. That's and exactly and right. when you got him up, you sort of got to, like, you're better off just dropping them. Yeah. And letting them work it out. And say, you can't drive. Yeah, he and drove. Lawton drove. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. He did, like you said, he didn't mean to, you know, nearly kill Cameron Murray, but that's just the consequences of the tackle. And that's why it's a send-off. But, mate, he just played early... Uh, guilty early to that tackle. So he was charged with a grade three dangerous throw, which carries five weeks. But because he played guilty early, it's a four-week ban. So he's out for the next four weeks. Yeah. I think we said five weeks and then he's got four. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But, mate, Josh Schuster, he came back. He's looking a bit rounder, but, mate, he's, he hasn't lost his ability to play footy. He's pretty good. Pretty insane, actually. Yeah, I thought um, – I thought – thought. I mean, look, who knows what could have happened if um, 
if they don't have a send off and Ola Kawadu's out there because well, they were missing the... they're missing Turbo, they're missing Alloway, who yeah, so Alloway's been good for them. Yeah, and they look they look pretty good, I thought. I mean the Rabbitohs lost last week and they've bounced back, you know, so but I, I didn't think they were outstanding. I thought let, let, if a team if you're playing a team with twelve players, you, you, I think you'd be expected to 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 put thirty on them. Yeah, twelve players for seventy minutes. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, it's it was forty to twenty two. They've been beating them by eighteen. Like I said, if I'm a Manly fan, I wouldn't be too pissed off with the scoreline there. Uh, but Manly fans that disagree with the send off, sorry, champs, it's a send off. But yeah, um, send off. Mate, look, guilty the. The flat track bully season update for Manly. Uh, that's their fourth team outside the eight that they haven't beaten from four. I know there's circumstances around this one, but they're zero from four with teams inside the eight and four and zero from teams outside the eight. So I'll keep updating yeah. until they break this trend. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, like you said, uh, we had a chat with Clarkie about it. Some players stood out, obviously. Uh, they did win the game. Uh, they're just not... As clinical as last year, uh, they don't really put the, the 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 knee on the neck, I guess, to you know submit the team out of the game, the opposition out of the game. But someone uh, that debuted for them, Shakai Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell's bigger brother, uh, he made his first grade debut off the bench. How do you think he went, Nick? I thought he went pretty good. That's one thing South have got. They've got a lot of props. They've got that, mm. uh, that Davey, what's his last name? Davey Mowali. They've got him, they've got Shaq, they've got uh like you know, whether regardless of if Burgess or Liam Knight, they've got just got they just seem to have a lot of props, you know. Yeah. So you know, he must be going all right to to be able to force his way into the side on this occasion. And well, I thought he went all right. He, yeah. I mean look, he's slow, but he's big. I mean finally he lost forty five kilos or something, and he still weighs hundred and twenty five or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Maybe heavier. Mm. No, it's good to see Latrell Mitchell was stoked about it. Uh, he put something up on the socials about him. But, yeah, mate, look, uh, I'm sure Clarkie would agree. Uh, it's great to see them, like, you know, as a Rabbitoh supporter, your club's still winning. So it's great. Uh, yeah, you, you aren't as polished as last year, but it's still great to be in the winner's circle. So, yeah, you know, it's not as if they buckled, completely buckled against Manly either, despite the you just got to be there. you just got to be there around the end, and then it yeah. all comes together. That's exactly right. Those first eight weeks, Nick, they're up now. The eight weeks of, you know, if you win, it's a bonus. That's what I've always gone by. First two yeah. months of footy. And yeah. now it's um now it's the the first period is nearly up. You know, we'll get to magic round in round 10. And then that's when you start to enter the state of origin period in the middle of the season. And yeah. then it's the run into finals, which is the third period. And then obviously finals is the fourth period. So yeah. we'll see how they go. But Nick, we'll move it on unless you have something else to say to the Akasha MVP three two ones. No, um, no, I'll go three, two, ones. Campbell Graham, we've already spoken about him. He's super safe, um, mate. He's just always around the ball when it's on the on the right hand side, and that's one good thing that South can do is get him the ball. So, and he's on the right hand side. He's not on Cody's side, so it's not like Cody's just feeding him. Do you know what mm. I mean? Yeah, he's got to he's got to work with Ilias, and you know they're getting better and better, and and he got three points. Uh, Tom Burr just came out and had a bit of a statement game, running for. You know, I think it was close to 200 metres. And uh, the last player to get points is uh, Cooler. Now, Cooler has taken uh, 
Morgan Harper's spot. Mm. And I can't see Morgan Harper getting his spot back, to be honest. He won't get it Cooler back. was excellent. He was he was in the bloke. Every tackle he made was hard. He was in, up in, in faces. You know, he was just making it difficult. He, and he's fast. He was making it difficult for um, uh, the centre on that side, which was the young Tass, is it? Yeah, Isaiah Tass, yeah. He was right in Tass's face. Now, I know Tass is only beginning as well, but Cooler definitely won that battle. Mate, I like his um, I like his uh, the left winger that the Manly Seagulls have unearthed, which he's you know just gone under the radar. Uh, Mate, his name's Chris Tuipulotu. Yeah, he's workaholic. Very good, very yeah, good. Mate, he just keeps taking the ball. It's going to be funny because um, obviously when Turbo comes back, Sar, Sar Garrick goes back to the wing. Mate, I think they're Garrett, screwed I don't, Sar. Really, I, don't, I don't really rate Garrick as a as a as a superstar, but he's been playing well at fullback. I'll give him credit. I, I think that they should dislodge Saab and keep this uh, kid, Chris Tupelotu. I think that's his last name. Mate, um, if you want a worker, you got to keep the kid. If you if you if you want someone who's going to be flashy and do two plays a game, keep Saab. Well, mate, Saab can't defend. Unfortunately, he's 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 he hasn't got that in him. That's not his. That's not his game, which is strange. But anyway, we'll move it on, Nick. To game four, the New Zealand Warriors defeat the Canberra Raiders 21 points to 20 in Golden Point, Nick. Raiders or faders, my friend, their second half woes continue as the Canberra-based club lose their fifth game in a row. For the Warriors, however, they take the win and bounce back from a 60-point defeat against the Storm in clunky fashion. But a win is a win, they say. Mate, it was it was a another game where it wasn't memorable. Error riddle. The no, second no, half was the second half had 20 errors, Nick. Just the second half. I'll tell you something about this game. So I was a bit time poor this week and I missed this game originally. And I was gonna probably watch the uh, KO mini, which you know gives you 20 minutes and I was gonna analyze the the stats and that sort of thing. Mm. But for some reason I couldn't get a KO mini of it. So I ended up watching the game this morning. Yep. And look, man, there's some players that stood out, you know, and you might not, you, you, with regards to the statistics, you wouldn't realize like uh, Adam Elliott actually started at hooker and he played uh, 45 minutes at hooker. And he, he was, he was, uh, he was probably one of the best players on the field for the, for the first, in the first half, he was making breaks. Um, he was doing things that other hookers can't do. And he's a bigger kind of guy, you know? So I was pretty impressed with him. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's the, there's the, uh, Dejan Azzi. He's been, um, it was his first game for the Warriors and he's been brought over from North Queensland. Just can't get a start there. Like obviously a talent just in a position where he can't get a start at the moment. So, you know, he's uh, broadened his horizons and they've brought him down from New Zealand. And I think he's a very, very good boy. Whether he stays there or goes to the Dolphins, I'm not sure. Yeah. Cause he's on, uh, loan. He's on loan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but I think I, I mean, look, I think this is his last year, so they've done him a sort of favour. Yeah, I mean? that's like, right. Yeah. But what does online mean? Does online mean you can take him back if everything falls apart at the Cowboys? Well, what the Cowboys have done is they've agreed to loan him out for the entire year, and you're right, his contract is up at the end of 2022, so he's a free agent. It, it does help favor. him. Yeah. It does help him. That's right, because the Warriors could be like, we want him, or he yeah. goes to the Dolphins or another club. Yeah, no. look, I mean, look, he was very good in first game in first grade this year. I know he's played first grade before, but, mate, he stood out, you know, like his kicking game and passing game was excellent. And he has like, uh, 
He's not a bloke. You know, some halves have their hand on the ball all the time. He's not mm. like that. His touches are all quality. So every time he does touch it, it's a quality touch. But I liked his um, I liked his story uh, that the the Warriors actually put it up on the socials. They had a photo of him in the crowd years ago, where he's a kid and he's waving a Warriors flag, and then they've reposted it, and then obviously him in the jersey from the weekend's game, and he's reposted and gone. This is the club I grew up. I fell in love with the club, and it's so humbling to debut for him and put these colours on. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. He's a great replacement for Chanel Harris-Tavita, who we've just found out ruptured his testicle, the same play that Josh Curran did his knee, which is, you know, astounding. Um, so, yeah, I hope, he, I hope he prospers there, and I actually hope he re-signs with the Warriors. It'll be great. Mate, you've got you, – that's, that's the other thing, though. You've got that Metcalf, who, who – he's another player who's not getting a go – who's super talented, but they've obviously decided to go with who they're going with regards with Moylan and um, Moylan Nico Hines in the halves at Cronulla. So they've yep. got this Metcalf kid coming through and he can play too. He's a, he's a guy, do you know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he's got extra He's killing it at Newtown Jets in reserve grade at the moment. Well, there you go. Yeah. He is. He really is. He's, and, he's just another player who might be just, just he's too good for that, 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 that grade, but you know, just not getting a chance in first mm. grade. Mate, um, we'll go to a, a drama in the match, Guilty. So we'll address the ending of this game. Yep. Uh, Corey Horsburgh, he's hit on Matt Lodge. Was it high to warrant? Was was the tackle high enough to warrant a penalty, or was it a like a reportable offence? Because what's happened essentially is he's no, been no, hit. He's been hit and he's gone down and he's and he stayed down. Now the referees yep. or the bunker need to decide if. It's reportable, and if it's a report, if it's a reportable offence, they can, you know, get a penalty. If it's not a reportable offence, it's like, well, too bad. Get up and play the ball. What did you think, mate? Um, look, I watched it live, and I didn't think there was anything in it. And then I watched a few of the highlights, and he, mate, he does hit him high. Mm. Whether he hurt him or not, we know he didn't hurt him. No, he didn't hurt him. There's no way. Stay down for the penalty. You know, whether that's cheating or gamesmanship, I don't like it. I don't think the fans like it. Uh, it doesn't help Lodge's cause, cause with his um, trying to get a few, you know, followers to like him. It's just another reason why people won't like him. Do you know what Mate, I mean? You know what? He does – you know what? He played it He played it smart, to be fair, because yeah. it is high. Mate, the other thing is – yeah, it was high. Look, Horsburgh oh, – like, I watched the game. Horsburgh was excellent, right? But he did two or three things himself where he's not earning himself any favours either. Do you know what I mean? Like nah. he's yelling back at the ref at one point. Um, he's having little snaps. <laughs> like I remember he played Parramatta maybe a year or two ago and he had a cry. He was crying. He was crying, yeah. That's right. He was crying. Yeah. Mate, they uh, – um, look, that, that, that play brought the Warriors level and it took the game into Golden Point. Now, in Golden Point, yeah. Tom Starling's thrown a ball to Horsburgh that they called forward. It was in the first set, which gave Warriors yeah. full position to then kick the field goal and win. Mate, yeah. Tom Starling's gone off at Horsburgh because yeah. they called it a forward pass. I don't pass. like that. I don't like that. I, you know what? Um, Horsburgh played a good game. Horsburgh was tough. He was one of the more dominant forwards in the game. Um, if you didn't know any of the players, you'd probably say, he, he you know, him and Tarpanay were probably the best two forwards in Canberra. Um, mate, bit, bit, 
bit bit unlucky that you know he's mistimed his run or whatever. Mm. But for um, the hooker to go off at him, mate, you're the one throwing the ball. It's you don't funny because it. it is funny because like players and you see you've seen it a fair bit this week, but in general, they do follow the line of the player and they throw it. But he's he's yeah he's a dick because uh, Tom Starling's a dick because he's playing he's blamed Corey Horsburgh for being that one step too quick. And he's just yeah. tracked him and thrown the forward. And mate, so, I thought it was forward. So I, actually, class. I thought Put it was your hand forward. Up and but... say, yeah, you made an error. Yeah, yeah. Look, I watched it initially and went, oh, is that forward? And then I watched it. Like I said, I watched the game this morning and it was definitely forward. Mm. There's another part in this game I wanted to bring up, Nick, as well. Uh, Jack Whiten. Yeah. So he's uh, his tackle on Reese, Reese Walsh. Uh, I yep. forget the player that was with him, but uh, it was Elliot. Yeah, that's it. So it, it was a tackle that was sort of similar to Carl Lawton's, but not really, in my opinion. But Jack Whiten, uh, the, the 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 tackle was a lift a lift tackle, and he got penalised and put on report for the for the incident. They've reviewed it and they just said, "Mate, it's on report. You know, play on." Should he have been sinbinned or sent off is my first question. Look, it was dangerous. And look, if if the Carl Lawton tackle hadn't have occurred, no one would have blinked with with the result of what happened. But because yeah. Carl Lawton's tackle, every Manly fan wants blood mm. and they wanted him um, – they wanted him sent off. They said it was a similar tackle. It wasn't, it wasn't similar. There were it two wasn't similar. Tackle. No, it wasn't, there was no drive. Um, he was he was put down a lot more safely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There was um, a lift. Obviously, there's lift between there the legs. Lift and there was definite above horizontal. I, yeah. No, no doubt. And if he'd been sent for ten, I wouldn't have blinked. Mm. But that he didn't get that he didn't come off the field. It wasn't the same tackle. So there's no point going. Hey, how come he got sent off where this bloke didn't? It wasn't the same tackle. So I agree. yeah, comparing apples with oranges. You know, if he'd got ten minutes, I wouldn't have blinked though. It's yeah, it's funny like that, isn't it? Because yeah, I agree. If if you got ten, it's not a send off. I would have been a bit. Mm, you're just doing that because of Carl Lawton, and yeah. it's good to see that they didn't just do it because of Carl Lawton's tackle. So, look, yeah. he he just played guilty early to a dangerous throw, so he got a grade two as opposed to Carl Lawton who got a grade three for a dangerous throw. Uh, and what was that? Sorry. Well, do we know what the penalty is? So it's three weeks, but early guilty is obviously shaves a week, so he got two weeks. Jack Whiten. That's still a long time away from the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Righto. Anyway, last Mate, thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, sorry. Yep, Cody, what, go. were you say? what were you going to say? I was just going to say there was a, there was an incident with Ben Murdoch, Masilla and uh, Joseph Tarpano. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't actually. So in the tackle, uh, Ben Murdoch, Masilla is running the ball. And mom, I haven't seen him play much this year. I don't know if he's been injured or he just hasn't been making the side, but he's dominant. He's got to be there in, in future for the Warriors. He's running the ball and in the tackle, there's a few guys sort of trying to t- make the tackle and there's hand, like they're obviously trying to stop the offload. And Murdoch Masilla sort of twists and while he's twisting, he swings his elbow and it hits Tarpanay in the face, the back of the head. So Tarpanay retaliates a bit and then all of a sudden there's a push shove and the ref gets in the, like, all the players come in and the ref gets in the middle and they, they, they separate. Mm. And while we're, we're watching the replay, you see they, they highlight the elbow and then they they give the penalty to the Warriors and say Tarpanay shouldn't have uh, reacted. Ooh, really? Yeah, a bit of a rough penalty. 
Like everyone's yeah. going, what? what? Why is that? Why do they get the penalty? He's starting. He's um causing an affray. That's probably what it is. Yeah, well, what do no. they call it? Like they call it something um in NRL when you, you know, you've you've started like a an argy bargy, <laughs> basically. They're like, well, you can't do that. You're penalised. They do. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, last yeah. thing I wanted to bring up: uh, Ash Taylor made a, a, sh- a shock announcement that he's retiring at the age of 27 due to a problematic hip injury. So he's out of the game. That's a shame. Mm. I wonder if uh, Ash Taylor was regularly in first grade, he would have retired with a hip injury. Or he mm. might have managed it. Yeah, well, they would have just injected him every week probably. But, yeah, yeah he's look, gone look, now. You know, modern medicine's pretty amazing. you got uh, you got one bloke coming back from two years layoff with a bleed on the brain. Mm-hmm. You got um, the Burgess brother who's just come back from St George. Hasn't he got some sort of? He's had some sort of hip operation just recently. Yeah, it's also problematic for him. Like he was, he was he went to Wigan and you know could barely get a game there because he just kept re-injuring it. So anyway, poor Ash Taylor, mate. He, you know, destined to sort of um, to fail the way that they the media smashed him when he got paid a million dollars a year. And if he didn't yeah. perform, they're just like, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. It's, it's not really fair. <laughs> I know he wasn't great, but it's because of the price tag he was on. So, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, we'll move it on, Nick. The Akasha MVP, 3 2 ones for this game. All right. Even though he's going to face two weeks on the sideline, Jack Whiten was, he's been playing really well for the, the camp, for camera. I feel sorry for Jack. Mm. Um, two points to Dejan Azzi, first game, and Adam Elliott. Mate, for a lot of the game, he was my he he was my man of the match. But then Whiten just sort of kept doing good things. So, right. Nick, game five, the Canterbury Bulldogs defeat the Sydney Roosters sixteen points to twelve. The Bulldogs break their six game losing streak in what I'll describe as dramatic fashion as they defeat an out of sorts Roosters side. Mate, some relief for my boys, Nick. We finally got up. Six game losing streaks a long time, my friend. Six weeks. Of enduring, um, you know, people saying how shit the Bulldogs are when you know they've been trying every week, except for you know a couple times, a couple fades in their game. But it's relieving, and they deserve the win, despite um, my um, grievances with some refereeing decisions. So yeah, yeah, I can't Mate, get into um, the, the start. We can't wait to get into those, Dan. Um, the start of the match. What about the Fox? Mate, oh, he scored he, a good try early, and yeah. that intercept, mate, he's still got it. Oh, no one's yeah. catching him at all. He read that like a book. That was fantastic oh. play. Um, it's great to see, mate, because he, he's he been bought for a reason, and his leadership is is probably a big, bigger reason. You can oh. see you can see when he – you know he's bought in. He's bought in. He scores that try. And as a Bulldogs fan, like, mate, he, he, he scores that second try, for example – Kisses the emblem, you know, he's, he's Jane up and then all the boys jump on him. I reckon he, him and Burton have brought this culture over where it's like, particularly in the trials. I remember when he scored a try and everyone was like, where the fuck are you? Like someone scored a try, sorry. And he's like, everyone needs to jump on this bloke and tell him how good he is for scoring the try. And you can see it now, like when he scores a try, everyone runs over like, oh, we better like do what he says <laughs> because he, he brings an energy that, you know, is infectious and yeah, it's good to see him start scoring tries after having a little spell of not scoring. 
Mate, it's hard. It's 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 difficult for a winger to score tries unless he's getting the ball in good position. And and look, the facts are he hasn't been. Yeah. And the first try he was, and and last week he was. And 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 the good thing about the fox is he goes looking for it by himself. Yeah. And he did that this week. And and mate, he looks fan. He's still the best winger in the game. Like Brian Top, Brian Toe put a real real uh real pressure on him last year. Brian Ty's obviously been injured. The Fox has got the Fox is it right now. Fox is number one. Mate, um Trent Barrett brought up, brought up something in the press conference where he's like, look, we're still figuring out how to use our players properly and uh, the best game plan for them, i.e. TPJ, Burton, Adokar, those key players that we've got. All, Dufty. Dufty's another one, yeah. Um, and they're all new players. They're all players that we didn't have. And he goes, mate, we've bought from five, six, seven clubs. You know what I mean? So that's why the eight weeks is um, – crucial for teams and some teams get the wins and some don't. And we, we, we've only gotten two in eight weeks, which is um, what, hard to take. But what do you think about the, uh, about the, um, about the controversy with regards to gas? Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask you that actually. I, I, I think um, the media uh, finding a story for a team that was, you know, cellar dwelling will last. And they love they love picking on those sides that are at the bottom. And when a, when you get a win like this week, they're not going to talk about the Bulldogs anymore. It's going to be about the Knights. It's going to be about the Raiders. It's going to be about the Titans, and because they've lost. Uh, well, Paris not last, but they did lose. But they will have Paris stories as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. They, they just change the flavor to suit their agenda. That's why the media are a bit fucked. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a nothing. Like, mate, why not? He's a Premiership yeah. winning coach. And and you know oh, what, oh. bloody Brian Fletcher uh, was the only one on the Matty Johns show that defended it, and he said something along the lines of, "In two thousand and two, Gus Gould used to come in and blast us, and he goes, and then we ended up winning the competition." He goes, "So is that is that bad?" Or any 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 says Gus Gould was a factor to gene us up. So he goes, "What's wrong with that?" Yeah, one hundred percent, mate. Look, even if he. I mean, look, I, I, that's the whole point of bringing Gus in because he brings leadership. So what, why would you buy him for any other reason? Yeah. And then you got, you got like, uh, I think it was um, Paul Kent or, or Buzz, Buzz Rothfield, two drunks. They go, uh, he goes, um, <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, one of them says, that's not the role of a general manager. Well, what's the role? Go get me the, go get me the criteria. Of, of the general manager's role, and then and then I'll agree or disagree with you, champ. Like, what do you know? You're not a general manager. You don't run a football club. You're not a part of any NRL club. So shut your mouth. <laughs> that's that's what I'm. That's that's what I'm getting at. But anyway, yeah, look, I thought I thought uh, yeah, I've got no issue with it at all. Now to the game, Nick. You'd think I'd be elated um, and talking the dogs up, but I just found a couple of issues with um, some refereeing decisions in this game and people, you know, oh, you're ref bashing. But, mate, there was three decisions in this match which were crucial and nearly cost the Bulldogs the game because, in my opinion, the score should have been 16-4. They scored scored, uh, the Suwali try. They scored uh, three tries, the Bulldogs. uh, Sorry, the Roosters. They scored three tries. 
Uh, the first try is fine. The Suwali one, the kick, kick across, he, he gets it over Josh Adokar. He's yeah. a big man, though. So Yeah. But look, it's a good try. Um, I thought, yeah. by the way, I thought Suwali was good. I thought he did really well. Yeah, I thought he was good, too. They tried to yeah. pepper him, and he, and he handled it. I think he did really well. Um, yeah. But then the second try, Angus Crichton runs the ball up. Corey Waddell tackles him uh, 10 metres out from their line. Uh, Angus Crichton knocks it on into the Bulldogs player. Uh, the ball isn't on the floor. The ball. Falls so he regathers the... before it hits the ground. That's yeah. what happens. And, it, and it's hit it's the ball off the against The ball's still up against him, but he doesn't have control of it. Yeah, which constitutes a knock on. That, yep. And uh, Corey Waddell's looking at the ref going, he fucking knocks it on. Uh, ref's missed it. Bunker's missed it. Uh, they play the ball quickly. Tedesco chops through and scores a try. And the rule, which is the right rule, is you cannot look past to play the ball or before to play the ball when you're reviewing a try. And obviously the knock-on happens before they play the ball. So they missed that. That's number one issue. Number Issue number two of three is the Tupanua Let me talk try. about that. Let me talk about that one, Dan. Let, hold on. Which one? The Tupanua so one? No, no, no. Let me talk about the one you just spoke about. Yeah. Um, so the one with – we had a little conversation beforehand. Uh, before I watched the game – uh, you told me about them, so I was looking. I was looking for these things that, that when you when you spoke about them, mm-hmm. um, that that one that, with Crichton. It's a funny one, right? It's an obvious knock on. The refs have obviously missed it, but I guess a little bit of credit to Crichton is that it, I think he knows the rule because because it all happened. You know, there was a Bulldogs player on each side of him. You know, I don't think the ref would have been able to see it from the side. You're right. The bunker should have the bunker should have intervened immediately. They didn't, but mate, Crichton was smart to play the ball quickly and go from there. And as a result, you can't if that's the rule where you can't go past after the player ball. You can't. You, it's hard to blame the the ref for that one. I, I just think that was an unlucky. That was an unlucky situation. That one. Look, I agree that I agree with your Crichton statement that he's smart. It is smart. He didn't just go. Oh, I dropped it. Whoops. Yeah. Play the ball until the whistle. Fantastic. Yeah. Corey Waddell makes a mistake by not playing after, you know, the referee hasn't made yeah. a call. You've got to play to the whistle. Yeah. But still, the call is incorrect. And, you know. It's a, ha- it's a harsh call. It was a harsh yeah. call. Yeah. Then you've got the Tupanua try, the lead, the lead up into it. So in the play, I think it's fifth or fourth tackle, uh, there's, a, there's two forward passes. Now, one of them I could live with. Sam Walker, I think, throws it to the right. Sam Walker throws the first one, then Kiri throws the second one. Yeah, there you go. So the first one, look, I can live with. Can live with the first one as flat, even though you know it looked a bit sus. And then uh, they swing it back to the left to Kiri, and Kiri, I think he throws it to Hargraves for like a, a pass wrap play, and he throws it a meter forward. Yeah, definitely. And forward. everyone reacts to it, and the refs are just like, "Oh, well, we didn't see it." Yeah. And they kick the ball, and Ockenball fails to defuse it, and then Tupinor scores in the left corner. And I'm it, like, it mate, bounces around, it bounces around, and Tupanua gets it and just runs around the back there and scores in the corner. Yeah. Anyway, they've made, that's number two for me, Nick. I didn't like that one either. And then it, these are compounding now. Because that, third... that, 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 I think, I, like on that, on the first, like you said, like uh, you, you, when you told me, like, again, I was looking for them. The first pass, I went, ah, that's line ball. Yeah. I, I don't care. If it was called forward, it was called forward. But if it wasn't, I got no. No drums that the second one definitely forward. Mm. You can hear it the crowd. The crowd go, ah, oh, everyone. So, yeah, that it was, was everyone. 
Even the players, yeah. like the, all the players on Addo Car's side, about four of them yeah. lift their arms and go, Oi! <laughs> come yeah, on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, if that was like the Storm or, the, or um, Panthers, the refs would have been like, Oh, sorry, Storm or Panthers, you're first and second. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Todd Payton theory kicking in again. This last uh, one's the corker, though. This, one this, is, is this, this is the worst one. And you know what? I think it was third time's lucky for us because. It's on the it's within the last three minutes of the game, and yeah, Angus Cr- minutes. yeah, and Angus Crichton runs a runs a block line, hits Burton. It's an obstruction. I don't care what anyone says. He's obstructed Burton. Burton doesn't fall on the ground. Recovers. The ball gets swung out to Swali. Makes attack on Swali. The referees clear the obstruction. After- so what happens is they look at it. They look at it and they say. And they say something along along the lines of our decision is, and then they pause. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? Mm-hmm. They pause, and then the commentators are going, well, "What is it? Mm. What is it?" And then they cleared the they cleared the. It was so they he chipped Burton. I don't think look he definitely obstructed him by letter of the law, and with how every other try has been ruled this year, if you get in the way, it's an automatically obstruction, mate. He he just he chipped him. But like you said, Burton continued through, but Burton would have been there quicker if um, exactly if he hadn't been chipped. In Mate. saying that, if he had been there quicker, who knows what would have happened with the Suwali try? So anyway, what happened then? Mate, you mate, what if he falls? What if Matt Burton goes on the floor? Yeah, it's it's obstruction then. It shouldn't matter yeah, yeah. if I'm he not, falls or stays I'm up. Not, I'm not arguing with you. I agree. He definitely chipped him. It definitely should have been obstruction. Anyway. Burton miraculously, um, you know, he's a step or two behind now as a result of this and gets over to Swali and tackles him. And, and it's a miracle tackle because his foot goes out. And you know what? Um, Aaron Schwoop is on that side, on the left side, defending. He had to defend with Corey Waddell, by the way, because um, Avrilo was out. And, uh, oh, sorry, no, take that back. He was on the other side. But, um, uh, Joseph Manu and Joseph Swali, after they thought they scored, got right in his face, Schwoop's face. And it was mad to see Matt Burton defend him and have a go at them as well as Victor Radley because he got amongst it too. And Sam Barrels. Sam Barrels came over pushing and shoving. Yeah. And you know what? Sucked in because Aaron Schwoop had a blinder. Two weeks in a row, by the way. He's also great against Tony Staggs. He's unsung hero at the moment. No one talks him up. And after the game, he, he posted... um. Um, RWYS on his Twitter, which is Reap What You Sow. And he's obviously, yeah, right. um, he's obviously, um, just put a big middle finger up to him because they were gronks to him after he scored that. After I, I, they thought they scored and they didn't I, score. I didn't really understand why the Roosters were carrying on like that. Like, you don't, if just say, for instance, they had won the game, that looks a bit off when they're doing that. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that maybe Swoopy. Swoopy's into him throughout the game. Oh, he, he must be. He must be. But you know what? At the moment, he's handling his own, and he needs to stay in that side because he's he's playing Mate. fantastic footy. He's uh, – I'll liken him to another player. So I reckon he's, he's, he's a little bit like Penasini where he's only just starting his footballing career, and he doesn't make any errors, Swoop. And do you know what I mean? Like – he normally gets over the top of whichever centre he's up against. And the thing with Schwoop is he's up against Joey Manu this week. Joey Manu did nothing. Mate, is that is that the halves fault, Bart, you reckon? 
Yeah, but I mean, look, maybe it's because maybe it's because those opposing centers are, are putting themselves in a position to give them to to, to negate the the pass to say mm. to the half coming across field, don't pass it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Position, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe you do give the centre, the opposition centre, a little bit of credit. Like I've said before, the centres is the hardest position to defend in, and if you're a dominant defending centre, it's a it's a big deal in the NRL. I'm with you, mate. Before we move on, what's the problem at the Roosters? What do you reckon it is, mate? Um, I I just think it's it's uh, there's two players that look. They, they, they've obviously given uh, Walker the reins because Walker seems to be the one who's moving on both sides of the field. Kiri sort of is, Kiri's sort of sticking to his lane a bit more, I've yeah. noticed. Um, I, I'd prefer Kiri to be the Roma, to be honest. I like Kiri at 5'8". But look, I, look, it's obviously something to do with the halves. They're, very, they're small guys. They didn't do anything in this game. I mean, when they're on, they're on. When they're not, they're not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they definitely weren't on this game. Mate, there was a moment in the game where um, it was fifth tackle and they were about... 30 out or 40 out from the Bulldogs try line. And uh, Drew Hutchinson goes for a scoot down the the short side, stuffs it, but, throws a shit ball to Hargraves who knocks it on. Mate, and, I've and got Har- something to say about that because you well, talked about this with me already. Yeah. Mate, the ball was fine. He, could, he should have caught it. It wasn't yeah, that yeah. bad. What he was doing, he was getting tackled and he sort of dumps it out the back. Hargraves got a whole hand to it and dropped it and then whinged. Mate, but that's, that's the point of that I was trying to make is Hargraves goes off at Drew Hutchinson. It looks yeah. really bad on like yeah. from an outside perspective. It's like what they 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 challenge that play. So so the Roosters challenge that play, hmm. and then the Steve Roach is the commentator is going, "Is he serious? Why is he challenging it? It's, a, it's an outright knock on." And then somehow the bunker decides that the first time it hits his hand, it goes backwards. Oh, seriously, don't get me started. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's like, mate, it's a knock on. Yeah, it was a knock on. Let's try and give the Roosters something. We're a Hargraves fault. It wasn't Drew Hutchinson. It was the it was the last tackle, and that's why he he threw the ball at the back. Mm. Anyway, something's wrong. They need to they need to figure it out. But we'll move it on, Nick, to the Akasha MVP three two ones. Three two ones. Okay, Um, we gave Tedesco three because, mate, he. He had his best game of the season. Like I've been really critical of Tedesco. Ran for 300 meters, kept getting his his uh, nose through the line. He was the most dangerous player on the field by a mile. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, TPJ got one. Uh, got two. Sorry, and mate, he was he was uh, very good in the second half. Just kept taking the ball up. Obviously, has his offloading skills are amazing. He's the, probably the best offloader in the comp. Yeah. Um, in the first half, he did a few sort of dumb sort of things. I thought like when he had that little push shove, who was it with? He got up and someone was trying to play the ball and he got in the road. I was like, get, get. If he gets those little things out of his game, he'll be closer to three every week. Mm. You know? Do, you know, do you know the bit I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I forget who the player was as well, actually. Yeah. Just get out of it. Don't, don't worry about that sort of stuff. But, but good enough to still get two points. And then Paul Vaughan, I thought Paul Vaughan and Dufty, Showed real leadership in this game. Paul Vaughan just kept taking the ball up. Yeah, that was uh, his best game for you look us. At, you, look at, you look at the statistics, and I think he, he's got 110 or 115, whatever it is, which isn't major, but he was taking really tough hit-ups. And yeah. on top of that, he was also making the big the big tackles as well. So you had blokes like, you know, where a Hargraves running hard, it's always Paul Vaughan who seems to be in line 
to try and tackle him. And he's a hard man to tackle. So it's good that they it's good that they had good games, those two. It's good to say. Mate, it's funny with those two because they're on one year deals, right? Mm-hmm. I'd just be interested to know what's happening with them. Like mm. what if the Bulldogs are interested in keeping him keeping them or have they already Dolphins. spent that money? Dolphins. Have they maybe. already spent Ooh. that money? Maybe. Anyway, Nick, we'll move it on to game six. The North Queensland Cowboys defeat the Parramatta Eels 35-4. to Another weird scoreline. Mate, humid Darwin conditions this match. Uh, but the Cowboys withstood all the early pressure to turn into diamonds as they switched it on in the final stages of this game to win their third match in a row. Remarkably sitting at third on the ladder after eight rounds. Guilty. This is the Parramatta yeah. Eels. This is your take, my friend. Mate, take it away. Um, well, the worst thing is I've picked the Cowboys to come last or right, right at the back. So um, we both mate, did, by the way. We both picked them picked pl- to be wooden spooners. They're playing out of their skin, you know. Um, you're right. Parramatta did uh, have the bulk of possession in the first half. I think the 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 thinking was as a fan is that they'll eventually crack. The Cowboys will eventually crack. Just keep the pressure on. Keep the, the high percentage players going. And, mate, they just didn't. The Cowboys just didn't crack. They mm. just – and every time they got up the hour end of the field, Parramatta's end of the field, they scored. And every time Parramatta got down to their end of the field, the Cowboys held them out. I mean, they held them out to the point where the only time they got a try was when Bryce Cartwright finally got on the field. Mate, they, um, you said in the first half we had a chat at half time. And Parramatta had all the field position, all the possession, and Everything. couldn't execute. And then Cowboys got two two goes and scored twice. Mate, they did. They did. And and you know what? And they look good. The Cowboys look good. They defended their asses off. Uh, their forwards, you know, their forwards aimed up against, mate. I, as a Parramatta fan, I've probably seen bias, but I think Paris forwards are probably the best, if not the top two in the game. And and the, the Cowboys aimed up and, and were better. So, you know, credit, full credit to the Cowboys. Their defense was fantastic. Um, the, the big talking point, I guess, and, you know, I'm not the only one who brings it up. If you look at the forums, it's obviously pretty... Uh, it's massive, this, actually. Pretty yeah. massive, yeah, is the Jacob Arthur, Brad Arthur talking point. The, look, the, the supposed uh, nepotism. Yeah, okay. Look, I don't know if it's nepotism. I don't know if... It, look... The, the, the thinking is you're moving Dylan Brown to the centers because there's no one else who can play centers. And that is true. We are struggling with our backs right now. However, we do have Madison and Cartwright who could play in the centers. Cartwright could probably even play five, eight if you needed him to. Um, I just don't think Jacob Arthur is a first grader. Um, if if, if we, there was an injury to either of those two players who mind you at the start of the year, the first five games, you might say, and I think we said on this podcast, they're probably playing they're the best halves combination at that point. Mate, yeah. To separate them and then, you know, lose by 39 to four and then, you know, have your son play. It just, you know, look, it, I guess it's hard because it's his son. And what I mean by that is if it was any other player, no one would be going after them like they are. I think you're but right. Because it is his son and because they're not scoring points. They scored four points. They didn't score any points when he was on the – when he was – doing any playmaking. He doesn't, you know, what? I, I watched him. I watched him because I want to give him benefit of the doubt. He doesn't move into the line. Everything is well before the line. He doesn't like getting tackled. He never runs the ball. 
he didn't run the ball. He ran the ball and then passed. He ran the ball and passed. He didn't move into the line to pass. He ran the ball and passed. Do you know what I mean? Create, it just pushes – the defensive unit just moves to the side and keeps moving, and there's no, there's no question marks. Mate, this is a um, – it's unfortunate that it's the, – the narrative is that it's because it's his son because this is an analysis on a player that is doing what you just said. He's not getting to the line. Unfortunately, it happens to be an Arthur. And my opinion is why change a formula that's working? Where, in my opinion, again, Dylan Brown was overshadowing Mitchell Moses and they both worked well off each other, vibed off each other, scored points, you know, set up, created. Very, very X-Factor-like halves. And why change it? I know that you have no depth in, in your backs. You guys are struggling, but why are we moving Dylan Brown to the centers? Yeah. I'm not saying you don't, you do. Oh, you, yes. you work it out. You work it out. You leave the guys there. You don't change something if it's not broken. That part wasn't broken. You know no. what I mean? And they've put Look, that and they um, have changed it and it's baffling. All right. We've got, we're obviously lacking in backs. Other teams seem to be able to borrow players. If we've got to borrow a player for a couple of weeks so we get to week 10 and we can start using those players outside the 30, mm-hmm. fine. Is that an issue? No. Um, look, it's. It, it, I don't know if he'll go again against Penrith. If he puts his son in against Penrith, I'll be flabbergasted because, mate, he showed he showed nothing. He's, he's not – when I say he showed nothing, it sounds harsh. We got beaten by the Cowboys – um, what they need to do is they need, he needs to go back into reserve grade and continue to refine his game to get it better and better. He's not a superstar. He's never going to be a superstar. He doesn't have the short, short twitch fibers. He's not fast. He's got a good brain, a good football brain, but he doesn't, he's not brave enough to play first grade yet. And what I mean by that is he doesn't put his body on the line and you need to like, like, like the kid from, um, from the Bulldogs, you know he's making these brave tackles. He's put, he's not a, he's not a world beater, but he but he's in there moving to the line, and that's which, what you need. Which kid? Uh, the halfback of the Bulldogs now. Flanagan. Oh, Flanagan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. It's good to see that his games um developed because um Mate. he copped a lot of criticism. And Mate, it's similar he's a to good player. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see that. But anyway, look, Jacob Arthur. I'm with you. I agree with you. I just, I just don't know why they would change anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. I just don't know why they'd be putting Dylan Brown like they'd be shifting him out of the halves with Mitch Moses when it works. Look, I know that I know that in reserve grade, Jacob Arthur is playing well and Parramatta were going well, and he was. He, he, but it's a step up, and I, he's it's just a massive, not ready yet. It's a massive difference. He's not ready yet. He's not ready yet. He's got to go back and refine his game. Um, look, his defense is fine. Look, he's about six foot three. Have you seen the size of him? Yeah. He's tall and skinny and he's got, he's just slow. Like, even when he gets the ball, by the time he gets it on the right side to pass to the left side, it takes him longer. Mm. It's just slow. Everything's slow. Anyway, anyway, um, it's a shame that, look, if it was just me saying it, fair enough. It looks like I'm just a biased, whinging about a certain point, but I'm pretty sure you told me that, um, on the Parramatta um, Instagram site, uh, they requested that people stop actually blocked, about actually it. blocked comments. Yeah, blocked comments because I mean, obviously everyone's seeing it. It's not just me. So, mm. Brad, listen, <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's unfortunate. Um, 
not as a Cowboys supporter, you'd be elated with um, what transpired for as a Cowboys fan. But as a as Neil's fan, mate, they gave up at the end. The Cowboys, yeah, just, they, gave they, up. they put three on, and that's and that's not what you want to see. No, nah. well, not not from a team that's expected to be. And not just this again. Not just me saying it. That they're they're picked as one of the top four. They're they're meant to be there at the end of the year somewhere. Yeah. And when you're getting beat thirty nine four by the Cowboys, who a lot of teams pick last, and if you look at the quality of roster between both rosters, mm-hmm. there's a difference. And it's not in it's not in the Cowboys' favour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, mate, so. we'll, we'll we'll move it on to the three two ones, the cash MVP three two ones, because we will elaborate more on those Cowboys players that we picked. Yeah, fair enough. Look, Rube. Been caught up. He's having a blinder, and you know he's doing a lot of tough runs. He's got good footwork before the line. He's always tackling. He tackles hard, and he he seems to be around the ball a lot. He got three. Man, he got a massive uh, rap, guilty. Massive rap from Todd Payton uh, in the press oh, conference. Mate, he's, a, he's a very very good player. He's a very good player. And I think he's been a good player for a couple of years now. Look, I think he's one of those guys who can play hooker as well. He's come through as a hooker, but he's big, so he's good enough to play in the second row. Yeah. Um, Scott Drinkwater, mate, it doesn't matter how good Tammer went at the end there. Scott Drinkwater controlled the game. He nearly got three. That's how good those uh, um, two he was were. Excellent. Yeah, he nearly got three. Yeah, he nearly got three. And then, um, mate, I don't think Cough felt plays to this level every week, but he... Just looked fantastic in the air. Is there a better player in the air than Kyle Felt? No, I think Kyle Felt's the best in the air. Just the way he looks, he gets up. Just the body control when he's when he's when, when he's leapt up, he looks fantastic. And um, I mean, he he he's taking a try over Hayes Perham, who's not a specialist winger, but I think he would have taken it over anyone. Mate, um, Scotty Drinkwater's off contract. The Cowboys would be mad to let him go. We've been saying this from the get go. I'd love the dogs to sign him. I thought he'd re-sign last year. Nah, nah. He re-signed last year. I think he may. I think he's off contract at the end of this year. And I'd love the dogs to sign him, but I reckon he'll go to the Dolphins, to be fair. Oh, they need halves. Hmm. Anyway, Nick, let's move it on to game seven. Just, just, just on that, just, just on that, Dan, it's funny you say that because... A lot of those players going from the Dolphins are Storm players or will be Storm players. And Scotty Drinkwater's from that system as well. So he's played with them before. Yeah. Mate, game seven. The Melbourne Storm defeat the Newcastle Knights 50 points to two. The Knights lose their sixth game in a row and have, if history is anything to go by, become the second club of 2022 to be ruled out from winning this year's premiership after copying the 50-point curse. Guilty. The Storm are just freaks at the moment, aren't they? They're standing out. They're the, they're the informed club of 2022 at the moment. Well, you know what? Like, uh, Penrith are undefeated, but, yeah, look, the Storm look like. Do you know what? Like, you look at the stats for their forwards and – they don't have these amazing numbers. And you go, well, the reason being is because the Storm, uh, uh, they're, they're scoring tries on the third tackle and the fourth tackle. They don't need, they don't even need to get to a point where the, where the Fords need to dominate. Mate, they're bloody, yeah. Mate, they're, their shift of the ball, their shape, their speed, their fitness, they're just relentless. 
They get the yeah. ball from left to right or right to left, wherever they, whichever side it comes from. They get it to the opposite side, and it's like a robot, like like a team of robots are just shifting that ball. Right. And you know what? Like speed wise, like they they might even be better than last year. And what I mean by that is that this year they got Nick Meany on one wing, and they had uh, Jennings last year. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. They had Jennings last year, and Jennings played out of his skin compared to what he's played previously. But Nick Meany's a better player. Yep. And he looks like a world beater out there. Yeah. And then you got on the other side of the field, you got you got Xavier Coates. Now, so I just said Kyle Felt's the best in the air. If Kyle Felt's the best, Xavier Coates is the second best. Mate, Coates is. Look, I, I know that we we both stuffed up by saying Cowboys are going to get the spoon. That's not going to happen. But I've nah. picked Melbourne to make the final and win it. And I said Coates would be the winner of the year. Cameron Munster would be Dally M of the year. And yeah. eight of the Mate. year. Mate, they're, they're looking the goods. And they're just a club that you can never, ever, ever write off. And they've got so much speed. They've got Munster's fast, Hughes is fast, Coates is fast, Meany's fast, Pappenhausen's the fastest. And then they've got, they've got Brandon Smith coming off the bench. Do you know what I mean? Like they've just got so much speed. There's far Remus Smith is no slouch either. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, they're 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 looking the goods, mate. And, and then, it'll come then, down to those games against Penrith and Para and don't know who else the Cowboys. Can match them. The Cowboys <laughs> at the moment, yeah. Mate, the, the, and then on the other side of the field, the bloke who's not this fast but just goes over the top is is Olam. Yeah, it's freak. Mate, look. They just don't have any weaknesses. The Storm in the last two weeks have scored 120 points. Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle, on the other hand, scored four. It's wild. Not good. They haven't, they haven't scored good. a try. Um. Where to now for the Knights? They had the flash in the pan. Everyone was talking them up. They beat the Roosters in game one, beat the Tigers in game two, and have now lost six in a row. Mate, Clifford, Clifford was dropped at one point in this game. You know that? Yep. He played 63 minutes. Hooked. He got hooked. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely Mate, wild. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I saw a clip of Adam O'Brien trying to explain in the press conference that there's improvement. Um, I don't see it. No. I don't see it at all. I don't think there was any improvement. I think, you know, and what's funny is there was one point where it was a still shot and it was the scrum about to be formed. And in the front row, you had Clemmer and the Safidi brothers. So Clemmer was playing hooker in the, in a scrum mm. and they just looked defeated as in, it was obviously towards the end of the game. They were just stuffed. And the guys in the front row for Melbourne were smiling. Mm. Player that I thought was, did play well for the Knights and had a real dig. The whole game didn't make too many errors. Still made over 130 meters. Clemmer just kept trying the whole game. Um, that's what he's getting paid for. He's getting paid big dollars. He's he's meant to be a dominant prop in this comp. Mate, another thing that you said, similar to the scrum, uh, at halftime in the dressing rooms, all the players were disjointed for the nights. They were everywhere in the locker room, talking to themselves, sitting down, looking down at the ground, and then you look at Melbourne. And they had a, a semicircle of chairs, and they're all sitting down, just waiting for Craig Bellamy. Trainers are with them. It was just a big difference between the clubs. But anyway, Knights need to find some answers. The Storm don't. The Storm are just rolling on. See how the who can start stop this juggernaut because they're on a roll, mate. 120 points in two games is freakish. 
They've already well, you know, um, crossed the Warriors you know, and Knights out. They, you know, last year when they won all those games in a row. Yeah. Some of, some of the games they won last year, they just looked a bit iffy. They won the games and they won a whole heap in a row, record-breaking amount, or I think they drew the record or whatever it was. Mm. These last couple of games from the Storm, they, they don't look iffy at all. They look like world beaters. Cameron Munster. Like, when Cameron Munster's on, mate, Harry Grant, Pappenhausen, Hughes. Mm. Mate, best spine. Probably That's the wild. best spine in the last couple of years. Last it's five wild. years, maybe. Even, even their own spines, including Cameron Smith. Like, when they're on, they're on. I'm telling you, they're going to win. They're going to win this comp if they're all healthy. So. Last question before I move it on. If you're picking the New South Wales team tomorrow, Ryan Pappenhausen at fullback or James Tedesco? So we had this, uh, I know it's a yes or no answer or Paps or Tedesco answer, but we had the same argument last year Mm. and I picked uh, Turbo, remember? Yep. Uh, Look, uh, before last week, I would have said Pappenhausen 100%. Go with the best player. Mm-hmm. Tedesco did play good this week, though. Yeah. Look, I'm picking Teddy, but if you want Pappenhausen in this side, put him at 14 if you really want him in the side. I just don't know. You put him in at 14. I just don't know if it's it's value. There's value there at 14. Yeah. Because you want the 14 to be able to do a few things. And, look, man, the Pappenhausen's an out-and-out fullback. Yeah. So is Teddy, really. Yeah. So I'm picking Tedesco. I'm with you. Yeah. Look, Tedesco's the current Australian fullback. You know, I yeah. don't think they're going to drop him. I'm just saying, on form, I mean, look, who knows how uh, Who knows how he'd go without Munster and Hughes, Pappenhausen, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, Nick, we'll move it on. The Akasha MVP 321s for Storm Knights. All right. Harry Grant. Was, was I think this was his best game. Oh, he just looked awesome in this game. Um, just so dynamic. And and it, it all starts with him because he just gets him on the front foot. So I, I, I saw a stat. I think it was in I think it was in the uh, the Canberra game, and it was talking about which hookers were run, running the most, and Harry Grant is running the most by far. And it just shows you what a difference when your hookers is running. It makes a difference. Mm. Uh, Munster. I've never seen him have a start to the season like this and he looks fit. And we were all talked about it. He got in a little bit of trouble last year. Uh, he's, he's, they're managing his contract. I don't know if these are factors, but he, he, I don't think he's ever played better. And um, with the last point, there could have been about seven players. This could have gone to, I mean, Olam had a great, we gave it to Olam. Olam had a great uh, couple of tackle busts and a good try. Very hard to contain. If he gets the ball five metres out from the line and he's given space, there's no way you're going to stop him. I mean, Xavier Coates played fantastic. Um, A a few of the forwards played well. You know, it's just hard. Hughes, it's just hard to pick that 3-2-1 for them because they're all playing great. Yeah. One of those clubs, bro. Anyway, final game of the round. Game eight, the St. George Illawarra Dragons defeat the West Tigers 12-6. The Dragons win their third match in a row in a scrappy matchup down at a sold-out win stadium. Looked beautiful at Wollongong. Um, I thought this the quality of this match was a very mid-to-low-table-esque matchup. 
uh, between these clubs. But Gildy, what was your biggest take from this game? Um, yeah, look, um, I guess it was only exciting because it was close and um, where I was watching it, there was a second television a little way away where a whole heap of blokes were watching it mm. and they were super excited and there was a lot of shouting going on. So that probably made it a little more interesting than, than what the game really was. It was, um, it was, it was scrappy. It was similar to sort of similar to the Panthers Titans game where there was just a lot of errors in good field position on both yeah. ends. And yeah. yeah. Mate, I'll be back to it again. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do in the NRL, but Frank Molo put a hit on, which is very similar to Ola Kawadu's, which is very similar to Junior Paulo's. And, mate, he got, they got to penalise. You just think, mate, is it, are you just getting penalised because he hits hard? Yeah, I don't I, – I, it's so weird, isn't it? It's, 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 it's a contact sport. It's, it's hard to kind of – yeah, it's hard to defend the, what they tried to do last year where every hit was bloody – a, a sin bin and you know these these ones that are sort of circumstantial and aren't high you know they're hitting chest to chest to sorry shoulder to chest or shoulder to shoulder and they kind of creep up mate it's hard to keep i don't know i'm with you frustrating look but anyway like you said i think there was a there was a few errors in the game it wasn't super yeah. high quality there's a lot of errors no one was scoring a lot of tries yeah um. Yeah, I mean, um, this would have been the uh, Tigers' third game in a row for a win, so they were putting pressure on. I mean, look, the Tigers are just—you know—you look at their roster; they're just doing what they've got to do. And since since they've won those last two, and they only lost twelve six in this game, they're they're aiming up. You know, they've they've, they've lost Dane Laurie, they've they've lost Stefano, so they're they aiming have, up with what they, they've got. They haven't got Dewey. Yeah, Dewey's not there. I mean, Dewey would be one of their starters. So those three players are definite starters, mm-hmm. you know, and they're only losing 12-6 to a team who, who who have chosen to go with the team they've got. Like, they don't have any really any injuries that that, that are affecting their team. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Greg uh, – sorry, not Greg Bird. Uh, Bird, he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah they, end up, they end up shaving him. Uh, it was a uh, – they said he corked his elbow last week, but I think he ended up breaking – um, his forearm somewhere there. Um, oh, how, how long is he out for? They don't know. They don't know. But look, they were also yeah. missing. Um, what's his name? Jaden Sewer, and he's a big loss for them. He's massive for them, I think. That is that is true. I forgot about Jaden Sewer. He's been one of their best. He's probably been their best forward. So yeah, that that is true. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the uh, their kid Jaden Sullivan, who ended up scoring the second try, mate. I think he'll be big in years to come. I know he only played, what, like 20 minutes or 30 minutes, something like that. 30 minutes, I think it was. But, you know, that's a big try from a kid, you know, to break like the game position, open. What position do you put him at? Halfback? Yeah, I don't know. Because they've got, because, uh, they've got depth G, there. Last year he played hooker in the last yeah, right. couple of games. And he played right. well. And this well, year pretty- he started the year under an injury cloud and that's why... He's come back through reserve grade, but he's obviously first grade standard. Yeah, but man, I'm pretty sure his preferred position is in the halves. So five he's eight. He's a halfback. He's a, a halfback. halfback. Yeah. But I remember him saying last year, like I said, he played hooker, and he said he'd play any position for this club. Mm. You remember that? Yeah, that's right. 
which is massive. So he's it's like a want. clubman. He's just going to do whatever's best for the club. I mean, look, uh, their current hooker is looking slow. So, mate, if he's the best option at hooker, keeping Ben Hunt at halfback, mate, get him in there because he's a very good player. Yeah. And mate, I think he's got a little bit of a combination with the 5'8". What's the 5'8's name? Talatai Amon. Yeah, Amon. Like, all those Amon. guys. Even, and, and I don't know how far away Sloan is from returning as well. Mm. Mate, I thought um, before we move it on, I thought Ben Hunt had a, had a solid game. Uh, his kicking game was on oh, point. Yeah. Not not enough to get our three two ones, but we will move it on to that point because, yeah, this game wasn't. There's not much in this one. Uh, the dragons get the get the the you know it was it was the battle for who could win three in a row, and the dragons got it. So good luck to them. Good on them. Yeah. And, and at the end of the game, the tigers were, were peppering the the dragons goal line. That was close. You know, it could have happened. Could have gone to golden point. Yeah, and it's, and it's good that the Tigers are they got that fight back in them because they didn't their first five games when they were 0 and 5 and they were getting ripped by everyone, including us. Gave up. Well, that's that's what you don't want to see, and they're not giving up in the last three nah. games, so that's that's good. It's good for the club yeah. and, the, and the morale. But beauty, the Akasha MVP 3 2 ones for this game. It's hard because with, with this one, because it was only 12 6, so two tries to, to one. Um, I think the score in the first half was 2 0. So what I'm trying to get at is we gave Brooks three because I thought Brooks was the best player on the field. Um, Surely got two. And uh, Alex Twole just did the most work of out of any forward. So obviously there are two players there from the Tigers who got more points. Dragons won, but we give we give the points to the best players on the field and those guys were the best players. I don't know what the NRLs is, but I guarantee it's the complete opposite to what we just picked. But anyway, yeah, ours are better. So sucked in NRL and Dally M's there. They're rigged. Ours are not. We pick the best. But, Nick, yeah. we'll move it on. Rapid-fire tips for round nine. Usually we start with Clarkie, but our boy's not here. Um, game one, Rabbitohs versus Broncos at Homebush. Good game. Rabbitohs versus Bron- Anyone out? Uh, no. Uh, Payne Haas is out, actually, for Broncos. Sassen. Uh, I'm picking Sass because Haas is out. If Haas was in, and if they end up naming him, I'll change it back to Broncos. But um, if he was in, I was picking Broncos because they're playing pretty good football and the, and the Rabbitohs are a bit sketchy at the moment, even though Mate, they're winning. If you want to get on it, it's, they're, they're, the Broncos are at 325 right now. So, yeah. If Haas isn't playing, I can't pick him because he's, yep. he's the best forward in the game. Uh, game two, the Raiders versus the Bulldogs at Canberra. No Jack Whiten. Uh, Bulldogs. I'm picking the Bulldogs as well. That's hard uh, because they're not at home, though. The Canberra would normally do better at home. but They do. Yeah, I'm picking they the Bulldogs. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think – I hope – it's funny. The Bulldogs have uh, four games. Their next four games – I know I'm skipping, skipping a beat here. Uh, they've got uh, their next four games with teams that are in the bottom eight. So they've got the Raiders, then they've got the Knights, then they've got the Tigers, and then they've got the Dragons. And it's four games that they can win. It's one game at a time, but um, they've got to start – they've got to start – with the Roosters, now they've got to keep it going with the Raiders and one game at a time. But yes. Next game, game three, the Panthers versus the Eels at Penrith in a Western Sydney derby. Mate, uh, Penrith will win, but I'm picking Para. Oh, aren't you loyal? Uh, I'm picking Penrith, Nick. Uh, I think... We've got no backs. We've got no backs. Look, look, I'm going to say something here. I I think Para will bounce back. 
But I'm going to say something about about Penrith here. I don't think Taylor May and Isaac Tago is great as what everyone's making them out to be. They're actually starting to get targeted and they're getting targeted well by teams. It's just the fact that the rest of their side are insane that it kind of masks their deficiencies. And they, they they make a lot of errors and, you know, they just get, you know, that easy space catch and pass sort of. Yeah, look, look, they do. But I also think that the plan was to, to introduce Targo this year um, and and Brian Toto would have been his winger. Yeah. So it would have taken a lot of pressure off Targo. But it just so happened that that that, uh, that Brian got injured this year and mm. as a result, they've, they've had to use Taylor May, who, who's still playing very well. And they're both playing very well, but look, I, I agree with you. They're not, they're not, they're not as good as what is being touted. It, it helps when you're playing in that side. Yeah, mate, you just you, you describe it the best. It's um, it's an introduction for them, but it's just I don't like how high they've been put on the pedestal because the media, when you stuff up, they'll just go, "Oh, they're shit now." So anyway, I'm picking the Panthers for that one. By the way, uh, yeah. game four, the Sea Eagles versus the Tigers at Manly. Um, I think Manly are expecting all, all their, I think they're expecting Olakwatu and Turbo back at least. Turbo's back. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I'm picking Manly. So am I. But you know what? It's they, the Tigers are four dollars. I mean, they're scrappy. Oh, I think and, Manly and, Manly will get them if Turbo and um, Olakwatu are there. They'll they'll probably smack them. To be fair. Yeah, I, I think well that'll. That'll create less pressure on the left. And even if they're marked heavily on the right, Schuster will shine. Yeah. Uh, game five, the Roosters versus the Titans at Mackay in Queensland. Oh, I feel so. I'm going to pick the Roosters. I feel sorry for the Titans because they've just come up against the team that lost to the, the Bulldogs. The, mm, the Roosters won't back. be happy. Well, they've lost to the Dragons that. and the Dogs, the Roosters. They can't do three in a row, surely. So I'm picking the Roosters I, as well. I can't see them moving three in a row. No, nah, neither can I. And Clarkie's not allowed to pick the Titans. So he's um, probably sadly going to have to pick the Roosters, aren't you, Clarkie? Aren't you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Clarkie, for answering. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, game six, the Cowboys versus the Knights at Townsville. Uh, the Cowboys. Yes, Cowboys will smash him, I think. Yeah. Uh, game seven, the Storm versus the Dragons at Melbourne. Melbourne. Picking Storm as well, and I think they're going to pump him uh, potentially by 50 as well. Uh, last game, the Sharks versus the Warriors at Cronulla. Um, I'm picking Cronulla for a bounce back, but I reckon this will be a closer game than people think. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Sharks will win 1-12. to 12. Yeah. They'll win. All right, Nick. Uh, this is our segment with or without Clarkie anyway, every week. Uh, we're checking in around the grounds uh, for our listeners. This is the segment for all non-NRL-related rugby league coverage, and we will start with the Super League. Round 11, Nick, quickly for the results. Game one, Huddersfield Giants defeated Wakefield Trinity 14-12. to Wakefield are now on a four-game losing streak. Game two, the Catalans Dragons defeated the Castleford Tigers 44 to 12. So the Dragons break the Castleford's four-game win streak. So it's great to see the look for my, for mine. I'm a Catalans Dragon supporter. So it's great to see them bounce back, particularly after they lost to Hull FC last week, who are in form, Nick. Very good to see for your club. Yeah. 
Game three, the Leeds Rhinos defeated Hull Kingston Rovers 12-0. So Leeds break Hull's four-game win streak. And Leeds Rhinos are starting to find some form because they are disappointing this year. They've strung a couple games. Uh, sorry. They've strung a couple wins together and are getting off the bottom of that ladder because they were 11th last week. So they're starting to come back. Uh, Zach Hardacre, as expected, signed with Leeds. He was supposed to debut this week, but he had a... Um, a seizure in the lead up to the game. So they pulled him. He's going to debut in round 12, which is obviously this weekend. Game four, Nick. St. Helens defeated Southford Red Devils 14 to 10. So St. Helens are going through a, a bit of a an injury slash fatigue spell. Southford aren't going well. They're on a five-game losing streak. They just lost to the Premiers, the, the three, the the premiers of three years and potentially the fourth year this year. Um, yeah, St. Helens are struggling. They've got the Challenge Cup next week and they're missing Hopawati and I think Hurrell's out and they've got a couple other players that are key to them being successful, but we'll see how they go. Game five, the Wigan Warriors defeat the Warrington Wolves 40-22. to 22. Uh, It's great to see Jai Field still killing it over there in fullback. Bevan French is getting some game time. Uh the Warriors are starting to put points on teams. They're not just winning by, you know, like last year they struggled to score score points. They'd win games like 6-0 and 12-0. So the Warrington Wolves are still disappointing. They've got Widdop uh, and um, who's the other half? Uh, what's the Canberra? The guy that played for Canberra? George Williams. Widdop and George Williams are just not firing at all cylinders. They're disappointing, Nick. Very disappointing. And the final game, Hull FC defeat Toulouse Olympic 48 to 12, Nick. So Toulouse is still one game, uh, one win from, from 11 games, and Hull FC are killing it. But over to the championship division, Nick. 10 rounds in, Featherston Rovers are undefeated still. They've had nine wins and one draw. They are not complacent as they've just signed ex Toulouse players, Mark Kerala and Jonathan Ford, who, if you remember, were sacked from Toulouse for being unvaccinated for the COVID vaccine. Yeah. They, they, were, they were Toulouse's best players, and now they've gone to Featherston. Featherston want to maintain their top position. But chipping at the heels are the second-place Lee Centurions. They are nine wins from 10 games, and they made a massive signing this week, signing for the remainder of 2022 ex Kangaroos and New South Wales Blues winger and ex-Eels winger, Blake Ferguson. What do you think of that one? Hey, he's too good for that league. <laughs> Plain and simple, eh? Yep. Mate, he will... The Lee Centurions, like Adrian Lamb is the coach. He has signed a lot of ex-NRL players and quality Super League players. Yep. The final, which as expected, we predicted from the start of the season... Uh, which doubles up as the promotion game. So the grand final for the championship, it's called the Million Pound Game. Um, it also doubles up as promotion to the Super League. Featherston and Lee are the favourites, particularly how they've signed players, and they're just dominating the competition. So that's going to be a very interesting final. Featherston beat Lee in the initial fixture this year. Um Another signing, I don't know if you know who this is, Gildy. His name's Kai O'Donnell. He's a 23-year-old Canberra Raiders player. He's played four first-grade games, 
He's been playing majority yeah. of his career. He's, he's, he's Luke O'Donnell's brother, younger brother. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So he's um he's just signed with Lee Centurions as well. So he's been yeah. in reserve grade since 2018, played four great, four first grade games only, like I said. He's gone over there too. So, mate, it's going to be wild. I reckon that's going to be a crazy million-pound game. Featherston, as you know, have had three years of trying and failing. They're going into their fourth year this year to try and make Super League. So be interesting to see. Lee Centurions have been in and out, as you know, as well. So be interesting to see. Yeah. The last one, Nick. I'll speak about is the French elite one championship. Now the elimination finals were this weekend. We had a big, um, uh, around the grounds post on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we're doing like a monthly edition, a newspaper sort of feel to our posts with our around the grounds now, but this weekend, those games were played the elimination finals. And in game one, Lezen Yong defeated Avignon, 46 to 12. And just for your information, as we spoke about last week, James Maloney had his drugs ban overturned. So he was banned since February 27. He got the ban overturned on the basis that it was recreational use and not performance enhancing use for cocaine. So that was the argument. I don't know why. I don't know why that's why that's even an argument. I Highly doubt cocaine is performance enhancing, but people like they seem to think it is. Um, he got the ban overturned. They allowed him to play in the semi and, oh, sorry, in this elimination final, and he killed it. He 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 brained it. So Les and Yong have gone through, and in game two, in an upset, Saint Estevere Catalan defeated Albi Tigers twenty eight to twenty four. So that's Nathan Peets' side. Nathan Peets, by the way, he's just put his hand up and said. I want to go to Super League now because the French season's over for him. He wants to sign with the club. He might go to bloody Lee Centurions. Surely he's good enough for someone to sign him. Mate, um, Carcassonne and Lezignon will be playing in the first semi-final. That's the grand final rematch from last year. And minor premiers Limousin, they will play St. Estevé Catalan in the other game. So it'll be interesting to see who progresses to the grand final in the French Elite One Championship on May 28th. But, Nick, let us move on, my friend, to the final segment of our lovely podcast, the Sideline Stories Bunker Review, presented by our beer sponsor, the Rusty Penny Brewing Company. Let's start with our usual Instagram fan poll results from last week. Question number one, or topic number one, we asked, again, our listeners and followers, who should take Latrell Mitchell's vacant centre spot? 48% want Katoni Staggs. 25% want Steve... Let me start again. 25% want Stephen Crichton. 19% want Campbell Graham. And 8% want C.O. Sifatalakai. Mate, K- Crichton cannot be considered, I don't think. Well, I maintain, I maintain what you just said. He, 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 he's not as good as Stags or Graham. They're the two that need to be considered. Yeah, and I think, um, I think like uh, it's a little bit of recency bias as well. Like Stags beat Talakai, so that's why maybe he's outweighed those two. Not to say he doesn't deserve it. Uh, Talakai, look, it just got shown why he's probably not ready for Origin. 
um, the way that Stags dominated him. But yeah, hey, I, I, I think I think Talakai is a is a bench bolter. He could be. He just needs to he needs to perform consistently in the next month or the next few weeks yep. to to, yep. to to show that. We can't be far off picking a side, Dan. Yeah, we, we yeah we'll do it soon. Trust me, we'll do it soon. Um, topic number two. 65% want an annual NRL match to be held in the United States of America. Only 65%. Weird. What do you think of that? Um, I don't I don't understand why why 35% say no. I don't understand. Makes no sense to me either. But we'll move yeah. it on. Topic three, 67% would like to see. This is this is yours, Nick. 67% would like to see referees do a post-match press conference. Wild. Absolutely wild. I, I don't get yours. Thank you. Thank you, 33%. Thank you, 33% who agree with me. Yeah. Come on, man. Surely you, 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 you've, you've listened to that and you've changed your opinion. Surely, Nick. Come on. I, I, I maintain that they could do a two-minute press conference to the end of the game after the coaches have done theirs. It would take two minutes. Oh. And... If it's a howler, they've got to face the music, just like the players do. So. Oh, they've got a front for it. It's Graham Annesley comes out every week and says no, what's Graham wrong. Annesley comes in after the fact and then just defends them. Yeah. It's not, it's, you know what? It's, it, it, he, he, it doesn't matter what decision they make, he defends it somehow, which is bullshit. They need to be able <laughs> to defend themselves. Nah. I, I don't find any benefit into what you're, what you're suggesting. But anyway, 67% obviously do. So I'm cross with them, but we'll move on. Topic four, 76% do not like the idea. This is a weird one, actually. I think, this, I think this is misinterpreted. I feel like it was. But 76% do not like the idea of the NRLW deciding if transgendered players should play in their comp or not. I got this feeling it was misinterpreted because that's a lot of people that disagree with it. Maybe, they, maybe they're so staunch that they think the NRL should be making the decision. I think you're right. I think that, I think the I think the question maybe they thought the question meant should 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 they play? Yeah, yeah. That's um that's what I think too. But anyway, topic five. Fifty-seven percent think the Dolphins have had enough time to assemble a competitive side. It's pretty low. It's pretty low amount. They have had enough time because yeah. they're playing next year. Yeah. Uh, in a close one, this is topic six. Forty-nine percent. We may as well say 50-50. Believe at least one Super League club could compete in the NRL, which I believe. I believe St. Helens could. At the moment, they're not going too great in their own league, but if they were at full strength, maybe. But you disagree with that, Nick? No, I, don't, I think they'd be bottom four. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the second last topic, 59%. This is pretty funny. They prefer Dave Fafita over David Taylor. That's pretty close. <laughs> That was Clarky special, that one, that question. No. No. is better than Taylor. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, And the last one, Nick, 56% liked the Panther Viking clap. What did we say? I liked it. Who cares? It's it's for the the theatre. I think we said something along the lines of it's, you know, it's part of the game. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to be at Canberra and clap, then when you're at Penrith getting hammered, you've got to be able to take a clap. Mate, it's for the theatre of rugby league. So, yep. 
I'm with it. But anyway, to all our listeners, if you want to have your say, make sure you tune into our polls on our Instagram story every Friday and make your vote count. Very, very popular every week. It actually, we actually get more voters every week. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. Love the traction. We're moving on to this week's bunker of you, Nick. Our topics for today, we've got three. Yep. Peter Volandis has flagged the potential that the NRL grand final go to tender between Australian states as well as New Zealand to ensure the game lives up to its, to its name, National Rugby League. Blandy suggested that the grand final could rotate between Sydney and Brisbane and then go to tender every third or fourth year to cities like Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, or even Auckland. Queensland are reportedly willing to pay $10 million for the the NRL grand final, as would other states who would probably fork out more money. My question to you is, do you like it or dislike it? Um... I like it. Why? Um, I, 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 because it's a national rugby league. That's your that's your it's ultimate the, ultimate reason. It's the not the not the New South Wales rugby league. Or well, you know what we're talking about growing the game. I, I don't I don't have a drama with it not being. I know Clarkie's a big fan of the traditionalism and that you know if it was the the AFL they'd never take it out of Melbourne for the grand final, but. But I honestly don't have a drama with it, personally. I know in the NFL, they move around every year. So why not? Yeah, well, that's the expansionist view that I share with you, actually, because Vlandis is – I'm i am a big supporter of him. I think he's a fantastic operator, gets the job done. And I was how watching – How far does he want to take it, though, Dan? How far does he want to go? Like, look, there's only – there's only four places that can go. Like, does he want to take it to South Australia or Western Australia? Well, if they if they pay more money, yeah. That's yeah, right. what that's that's the whole point. He goes, I want to go to tender. So he said this, right? This is his plan. Firstly, he's um, pissed off at the New South Wales government because they um, initially were supposed to upgrade Homebush, and because of uh, COVID, they didn't. And he goes, well, you can't re. You can't reallocate that $800 million that you set aside for that uh, site. You need to reallocate it to stadiums in New South Wales. You can't, re-alloc- you can't put it towards other ventures. Just take so it they, away. So they said... You can't take it away. Yeah. And they said, yes, Peter, we won't upgrade Homebush. Uh, we will upgrade four or five stadiums in New South Wales to make them mini bank wests. So all 20,000 seats, all with cover, like uh, what's it called? Stands, covered, and he goes, done. Which which I love the idea, by the way. Upgrade the suburban stadiums because that's where we fill them out. You look at Manly right now. They just got a new stand, and every week it's sold out now because of the stand. Yeah. Because they've got cover. Anyway, um, he's pissed off because they haven't put this proposition to paper. And he's like, they can backflip on me any second. Therefore, I'm going to push them back and I'm going to move the grand final. And the the government's gone out and said, huh, you can't move the grand final. And he said, I certainly can. And I will if you don't do what I've asked. And they're like, well, you won't. He's like, "Mm, I will. I'm going to do it. And Queensland's (laughs) come out and gone, we'll give you $10 million for the grand final. And he goes, oh, I'll accept it if 
New South Wales don't upgrade the stadiums. Yeah, well, wow. that's what he's done. He, he, that's what's transpired as of last week. Uh, the outcome of this meeting he had with uh, the government and the sports minister and the premier of New South Wales, I don't know yet. The details haven't um, come to light in the media, but he he will do it because he'll get his, he'll get what will happen is he'll get his way because it's Peter Volandis and he gets his way because he knows how to operate. Personally, if they say here's the money for the stadiums for, you know, Campbelltown, Belmore, Cogra, Leichhardt, whatever, Penrith, Manly. Uh, but you have to keep the grand final here for the next 20 years. I'm happy with that because all those stadiums need to be upgraded. And as it's shown, the crowds will go if the stadiums are upgraded to the likes of what Parramatta is now looking like. Yeah. But if they also, but if he goes, I'm going to do, now this is the plan he had, if they don't give him his way, he will keep maybe two grand finals at Sydney and he'll put the third one at Brisbane and then the fourth goes to tender to another, to another city. And it's all about who pays the highest. You know what? The game gets more money. So I don't see anything wrong with either way. He wins. NRL and rugby league win, whichever way, yep. you, whichever way it goes. So if it goes to tender, I don't mind it because as last year showed, I know that people had to travel to Brisbane, but as it showed last year, it's still a success and it's going to be because it's the next to origin, the biggest event in the rugby league calendar. People will go. It will sell out wherever you put it, just like origin. But anyway, next topic. Are you happy to move on? Yep. Beautiful. Topic number two, the final representative weekend has been confirmed for 2022 with mm-hmm. the NRL and International Rugby League body shifting all test matches to October from 2023 onward. Do you like or dislike those? So, so can you just explain it? They're, they're, they're going to be in October every year. So this year, is the final year where we have a week, a rep weekend, which is in June, at the end of June. Yep. Uh, yep. The final weekend when they'll have test matches and state of origin game two on a weekend. So from 2023 um, onward, they're going to have three origin games on Wednesdays and test matches aren't played until post-season of the NRL and Super League. Oh, mate, if you're only playing... Uh... If you're only playing that one game of Origin that week, is that how it's going to stay? No, no, they're they're playing Origins on Wednesdays now, so there's no weekend okay. that's freed up because I, th- I like the idea of having I like the idea of having a representative game in the mid season because what it does is it it does give players a rest, not all players, but it does. It's just like Origin it gives players a little bit of a rest. So you, you don't like that they're getting rid of the rep weekend? Yeah, I'd rather they just have the rep rep weekend. I mean, I, I think I've previously, I've previously said that I want Origin on a Wednesday, but, but I also like the idea of why not just have no games played that week and have reps played on so Origin on Wednesday and have the rep round on the Saturday. Yeah. Look, <laughs> you know that's a good, look, that's a good idea. I do like that idea. 
because they also have the women's origin game, which is standalone now on the Friday. And they've got the games on the, on the Saturday and they've got at the moment origin on Sunday, but you could move it to Wednesday and do something else on the Sunday. So, Look, so what you do is just you just take away those. You, it's it's like a buy around for those players who aren't playing Origin or 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 um, internationals. Yeah. Look, you might be shocked at my answer here, but I, I kind of after seeing the way they executed Rep Weekend, and I know that those international sides took it seriously, but um, usually, except for um, a couple of years, usually those Rep games didn't mean too much. Um, in the sense of you didn't play for anything. Uh, only one year did it mean something. It went towards like the the Asian Oceanic, um, sorry, the Pacific title, you know, which, you know, I'm not going to explain. Yeah. But anyway, look. I know, I know what you're saying. But, but in saying that, I think it does mean something to the players who are playing oh, it. certainly does. Like, look, we in the sideline story of Leilani Latu, our interview that we did in the preseason, um, he's, um, his uh, stance on you know, playing for Tonga that he goes, that's the, his favorite game ever in his whole career. And I'll be the same. Like, that's why I'm a big advocate for the international game. But in saying that, I, I love the fact that you just put all your energy into the international game at the end of the year. They need to have a calendar finalized and apparently they will the international rugby league body We'll have the calendar finalised by mid-year this year, and that will outline what competitions you have at the end of the year. Whether that be an Ashes tour with um, the Oceanic Championship and the European Championship, and then you've got your World Cups, and you've got your Nines World Cups, and then you've got, you know, um, other competitions like Australia, New Zealand. They could have a tri series, you know, stuff like that. You do it all at the end of the year with within October and November. The problem is that people lose interest by then. The grand final's been played and people lose interest. Well, where do you if play? You have where a, do you play international games? Look, you play the majority at the at the end of the year, but what you do is you keep people interested by having one rep round, one one international round inside the competition. Well, you look at this year's one, right? So let's let me ask you the question. So this year's one, they've announced the, the fixtures. Uh, on Friday, we've got the the women's origin game, which is the fifth edition, it's in Canberra. You know, the women's game's flourishing at the moment. Then you've got, on Saturday, you've got a triple header. So you've got Papua New Guinea versus Fiji and Samoa versus Cook Islands at Campbelltown. It's a double header at, at the one venue. And then the third match is New Zealand versus Tonga. And the game is going to be the first match played in New Zealand for nearly three years. Now, yep. I'm, I'm G'd up to watch those games. And then what obviously, happens sorry, on Sunday? What's being oh, played on Sunday? Origin, the men's origin game, game oh, two. Okay. Yeah. Now I like, I like it. I like this rep weekend, but it's just shown that, you know, the Dolphins coming in, uh, the new TV deal starting up, uh, the rev- the reverting origin to Wednesdays. There's just no room for it. But they need to have a big focus on the international game in the postseason, and they can't be like nut 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 nut. Like players can't just pull out for no reason. Unless they're legitimately injured, you can't just be pulling out because you don't want to play. But yeah, but look, hand in hand. That, 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 but what happens is throughout the year, players will play injured throughout the year just yeah. to get to the end of the year so they can have that operation. And all of a sudden they've played their last game and they pull out and everyone's disappointed. What I'm saying is have a game in the middle that keeps those players in. Like they currently are. 
it's going. Yeah. So it is going. So you, you obviously don't like the fact that it's the last year, right? Yeah, I don't like the fact that it's the last year. Look, I, I, I love the international game, but I can live with this decision so long as they have meaningful competition for international games and tests and you know, comps in general at the end of the year. Um, bigger competitions like the World Cup, players push through. Because I, I feel like that it's taken seriously and it's getting taken more seriously as the years go on. I think the, the international game is being shown respect. Take out the COVID period. 2019 was a watershed year for the international game. They had the Rugby League World Cup nines. They had test, a meaningful test competitions for Europe and um, the Pacific nations. Uh, Australia was involved. You know, it was big. Tonga beat Australia. Tonga beat. Uh, Great Britain, Tonga had beaten New Zealand two years prior to that. So there started to be some traction there and then COVID ruined it. This year we start again, take that momentum back and then move forward. But they're going to have to do that without a mid-year test window. So we'll see how that goes, Nick. But yeah, I like it Some weirdly enough. I don't mind that they're getting rid of the, the red weekend. But anyway, Last topic, Nick. Mm-hmm. This is a would you would you rather question. So there's a quick one. Yeah. yeah. Would you rather go deaf and be able to watch the football with no commentary? Or would you rather go blind and listen to the football on the radio or TV? Um, I would need to watch it. Yeah. So you'd rather be deaf. I'd rather be none, but <laughs> You gotta be you gotta be one. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'd rather watch it. Okay. I think I'm with you as well. I would be interested to hear what Clarkie says to this, but yeah, I'd rather watch it. Just all the colours, beautiful, you know. But I'll tell you something. Come up with this question. Mate, these are the would you rather questions. Don't you worry where I get my don't you worry where I get yeah. these from. Mate, um, I'll tell you something, but I'll tell you a reason why I would rather be blind and listen to it is because we have a podcast. <laughs> We have a podcast that we can still do if we're blind. You know that what I mean? It'd be difficult. Yeah. We can't do a podcast if we're deaf. So, <laughs> yeah. Just saying, Nick. Anyway, yeah, yeah, no yeah. offense to any blind or deaf people. It's not the point. But anyway, Nick, we will leave it at that. It was a fantastic episode. Unfortunately, we had our half century without our boy Clarky, but it is what it is. It's the first of the year. Hopefully, it's the last of the year where we don't have him, you, or myself. The trio well, mate, works. Statistics say when, when he's here, it's better. Mate, he's gonna run one. I want to see if it, I want to see if that sticks true. I want to see if it sticks true. He's gonna run yeah. one soon again. But Gildy, thank Gildy, thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure. It's never a chore. A uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Rusty Penny Brewing Company, the Aria Co, and Akasha, and to everyone tuning into the half century episode, episode fifty of the Soulline Story. That's a wrap from us here at the virtual studio. Go the Bulldogs. Go the Eels and go the Snakes. Snakes.